Welcome to These Are The Words. I am Eric Groon. Welcome back. Uh, Somehow my finger did something to delete the last segment. And uh, we're listening to Mose Resueño, Chill DJ Mix. Okay. Ah, I am in a funky mood today. Really funky mood, but the show must go on. I am carrying on. I am the way that I am. I cannot be anyone else. I can only be me. I can only be me. I can only be me. Uh, If I didn't have down days, I I don't think I would be human. I don't think I'd be human. Um, You know, other people have things that I don't have. And, uh, yeah, I'm a little bit sad about that. I'm a little bit sad. I do have regrets. I have regrets, you know, that uh, I have lived my life uh, recklessly, actually. The majority of my life has been uh, away from God, not godly, not uh, godlike, not um, not really. Uh, I haven't really uh, cared so much about the way that I live my life. I've been reckless. I struggle with drug addiction. I struggle with. Uh, uh, you know, I, I have to be on medications. I struggle with mental illness. I struggle with physical. Uh, I'm physically crippled. I struggle with that. I struggle with uh, constant mood changes every day and day in and day out. Um, I, I put myself to a task and, a, and I challenge myself every day. And uh, I, I cannot, no matter what I do, uh, for the life be consistent, be disciplined. But that is what it means to be a disciple, to be disciplined. Day in and day out, to discipline yourself. Every day, every day, every day. And I try. I give it my all. I give it my best. And many times I fall short. Most of the time I fall short. Most of the time I fail. Most of the time I fall. Most of the time I fall flat on my face. Most of the time I am not perfect in my actions, in my thoughts, and in my words. Thoughts, actions, and words. Thoughts, actions, and words. Um, A, actions, words, thoughts. Okay, what, what comes first? Thoughts, actions, words. What? 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 Or ought? Or ta? <laughs> so anyway, uh, the show must go on. The show must go on. I'm going to continue reading. From the secret of Shambhala. The music playing is Resueño Chill DJ Mix by Mose. Mose, M O S E. Beautiful music. Okay. The secret of Shambhala. The secret of Shambhala. Page 46. I lay down on the cot in my room and I thought about what the Lama had told me. 
he had ended the conversation abruptly, waving off my remaining questions. Go and rest now, he had said, calling in several monks by ringing a loud bell. We will talk again tomorrow. Later, both Jampa and Yin had made me recount everything the Lama had said. But the truth was that the Lama had left me with more questions than answers. I still did not know where Will had gone or what the call of Shambhala really meant. It all sounded fanciful and dangerous. Yin and Jampa had refused to discuss any of these questions. We had spent the rest of the evening eating and looking out at the landscape before going to bed early. Now I found, now I found myself staring up at the ceiling, unable to sleep, thoughts whirling in my head. I replayed my whole experience in Tibet in my mind several times and then finally drifted into a fitful sleep. I dreamed of running through the crowds of Laza, seeking sanctuary at one of the monasteries. The monks at the door took one look at me and shut the door. Soldiers pursued. I ran down dark lanes and alleyways without hope until, at the end of one street, I looked to my right and saw a lighted area similar to the ones I had seen before. As I moved closer, the light gradually disappeared, but, a, but ahead of me was a gate. The soldiers were coming around the corner behind me, and I dashed through the gate and found myself in an icy landscape. I woke up with a start. Where was I? Slowly, I recognized the room and got to my feet and walked to the window. Dawn was just breaking toward the east, and I tried to shake off the dream and go back to bed, an idea that proved to be totally fruitless. I was wide awake. Pulling on a pair of pants and a jacket, I walked downstairs and outside to the courtyard by the vegetable gardens and sat down on an ornate metal bench. As I stared out toward the sunrise, I heard something behind me. Turning, I saw the figure of a man moving toward me from the monastery. I saw um, it was Lama Rigden. I stood up, and he bowed deeply. You are up early, he said. I hope you slept well. Yes, I said, watching him as he walked forward and sprinkled a handful of grain in the fountain pond for the fish. The water swirled as they consumed the food. What were your dreams? He said without looking at me. I told him about the chase and seeing the lighted area. He looked at me in amazement. Have you had this experience in your walking life as well? He asked. Several times on this trip, I said. Lama, what is going on? He smiled and sat on a bench opposite me. You are being helped by the Dakini. I don't understand. What are the Dakini? 
Will left Yin a note in, in which he referred to the Dakini, but I've never, I'd never heard of them before that. <clears throat> they are from the spiritual world. They usually appear as females, but they can take any form they wish. In the West, they are known as angels, but they are even more mysterious than most think. I'm afraid they are truly known only by those in Shambhala. The legends say that they move with the light of Shambhala. He paused and looked at me deeply. Have you decided whether to answer this call? I wouldn't know how to proceed, I said. The legends will guide you. They say that the time for Shambhala to be known will, rec will be recognized because many people will begin to understand how those in Shambhala live and truth behind the prayer energy. Oh, uh, begin to understand how those in Shambhala live. The truth behind the prayer energy. Prayer is not a power that is realized only when we sit down and decide to pray in a particular situation. Prayer works at these times, of course, but prayer is also working at other times. You're talking about a constant prayer field? You're talking about a constant prayer field? Yes, everything we expect, good or bad, conscious or unconscious, we are helping to bring into being our prayer is an energy or power that emanates out from us in all directions. In most people who think in ordinary ways, this power is very weak and contradictory. But in others who seem to achieve a lot in life and who are very creative and successful, this field of energy is strong, although it is still usually unconscious. Most of those in this group have a strong field because they grew up in an environment where they learn to expect success and more or less take it for granted. They had strong role models whom they emulated, but the legends say that soon all people will learn about this power and understand that our ability to use this energy can be strengthened and extended. Side note. I heard this morning uh, uh, a video is, is, was talking exactly like this, about this, exactly about this. Uh, the video was by Bruce Lipton. Uh, he, he wrote a book called The Biology of Belief. And he talked about uh, the only way that we can reprogram our minds is by repetitious, like mantra, mantra, repetitious, uh, uh, affirmations. He was talking about affirmations. He's talking about repetitious affirmations, like saying, "I am happy. I am happy. I am happy. I am happy." That's the only way. If we don't grow up in a, a an environment that is uh, positive, um, because our negative thoughts can really create our life and create uh, unconsciously. Um, the the way that our life uh, turns out. Um, so 
in order to change things, you have to repetitiously, purposely, intentionally change your prayer field by repetitiously saying the things that uh, the areas in your character or areas in your life that you lack or uh, need healing or need repaired. You have we have the power to be be able to make those complete and full and uh, give us give ourselves fu this fulfillment um, through prayer through, through the power of intentional prayer and repetition uh, repetitious prayer and so this is what exactly is talking about right now anyway I'll carry on I have told you this to explain how to answer the call of Shambhala to find this holy place <laughs> To find this holy place, you must systematically extend your energy until you emanate enough creative strength to go there. To find this holy place, you must systematically extend your energy until you emanate enough creative strength to go there. The procedure for doing this is set forth in the legends and involves three important steps. There is also a fourth step, but it is known in its completeness only to those in Shambhala. That is why finding Shambhala is so difficult. Even if one successfully extends one's energy, though the first through the uh, I think it's meant to be through even if one successfully extends one's energy through the first three steps one must have help in order to actually find the way to Shambhala the Dakini must open the gateway the gateway the, the Dakini must open the gateway you called the Dakini spiritual beings do you mean souls that are in the afterlife who are acting as guides for us? No, the Dakini are other beings who act to awaken and guard humans. They are not and never were human. And they are the same as angels? The Lama smiled. They are what they are. One reality each religion has a different name for them, just as each religion has a different way of describing God and how humans should live. But in every religion, the experience of God, the energy of love, is exactly the same. Each religion has its own history of this relationship and way of speaking about it. But there is only one divine source it is the same with angels. So you are you so you aren't strictly Buddhist? Our sect and the legends we hold have their roots in Buddhism. But we stand for the synthesis of all religions. We believe each has its truth that must be incorporated with all the others. It is possible to do this without losing the sovereignty or basic truth of one's own traditional way. I would also call myself a Christian, for instance, and a Jew or a Muslim, 
We believe those in Shambhala also work for an integration of all religious truth. They work for this in the same spirit that the Dalai Lama makes the Kala Chakra initiations known to anyone who has a sincere heart. I just looked at him, trying to take it all in. Don't try to understand everything now, the Lama said. Just know that the integration of all religious truth is important if the force of prayer energy is to grow large enough to resolve the dangers posed by those who fear. Also remember that the, that the Dakini are real. What makes them act to help us? I asked. The Lama took a deep breath, thinking deeply. The question seemed to be a point of frustration for him. I have worked my whole life to understand this question, he said finally, but I must admit that I do not know. I think that it is the great secret of Shambhala and will not be understood until Shambhala is understood. But you think, I interjected, that the Dakini are helping me? Yes, he said firmly, and your friend will. What about Yin? How does he figure in all of this? Yin met your friend Will at, the, at this monastery. Yin has also dreamed of you, but in a different context from myself or the other Lamas. Yin was educated in, Engl in England Yin was educated in England, England, and is very familiar with Western ways. He is to be your guide, although he is very reluctant, as you have no doubt seen. This is only because he does not want to let anyone down. He will be your guide and take you as far as he can go. He paused again and looked at me expectantly. And what about the Chinese government? I asked. What are they doing? Why are they so interested in what is happening? The Lama lowered his eyes. I do not know. They seem to sense that something is happening with Shambhala. They have always tried to suppress Tibetan spirituality, but now they seem to have discovered our sect. You must be very careful. They fear us greatly. I looked away for a moment, still thinking about the Chinese. Have you decided, he asked? You mean whether to go? He smiled compassionately. Yes, I don't know. I'm not sure I have the courage to risk losing everything. The Lama, must, the Lama just kept looking at me and nodded. You said some things about the challenge of my generation. I said, I still don't understand this. World War II, as well as the Cold War, the Lama began, was the previous generation's challenge to face. The great advances in technology had placed massive weapons in the hands of nations in their nationalistic fervor. The forces of totalitarianism were attempting to conquer the democratic countries. This threat would have prevailed had not ordinary citizens fought and died in defense of freedom 
ensuring the success of democracy in the world. But your task is different from that of your parents. The mission of your generation is different in its very nature from that of the World War II generation. They had to fight a particular tyranny with violence and arms. You must fight against the concepts of war and enemies altogether. But it takes just as much heroism. Do you understand? There was no way your parents could have done what they did, but they per- but they persevered. So must you. The forces of totalitarianism have not gone away. They are just not expressing themselves any longer through nations seeking empire. The forces of tyranny now are international and, and much more subtle, taking advantage of our dependence on technology and credit and a desire for convenience. Out of fear, they seek to centralize all technological growth into the hands of a few so that their economic positions can be safeguarded and the future evolution of the world controlled. Opposing them with force is impossible. Democracy must be guarded now with the next step in freedom's evolution. We must use the power of our vision and the expectations that flow out from us as a constant prayer. This power is stronger than anyone now knows, and we must master it and begin to use it before it is too late. There are signs that something is changing in Shambhala. It is opening, shifting. The Lama was looking at me with steely determination. You must answer the call to Shambhala. It is the only way to honor what your forefathers have done before you. His comment filled me with anxiety. What do I do first? I asked. Complete the extensions of your energy, the Lama replied. This will not be easy for you because of your fear and anger. But if you persist, the gateway will present itself to you. The gateway? Yes, our legends say that there are several gateways into Shambhala. One is the eastern Himalayas in India one to the northwest on the border of China, and one in the far north in Russia. The signs will guide you to the right one. When all seems lost, look for the Dakini. As the Lama was talking, Yin walked outside with our packs. Okay, I said, feeling increasingly terrified. I'll try. Even as I spoke, I couldn't believe the words were coming from my mouth. Don't worry, Lama Rigdon said. Yin will help you. Just remember that before you can find Shambhala, you must first extend the level of energy that emanates from you and goes out into the world. You can't have success until you do. You must master the force of your expectations. I looked at Yin and he half smiled. It's time, he said. And uh, I'll pick up in the next chapter, chapter three, cultivating energy. This is the end of chapter two, um, the call, the call of Shambhala. And uh, 
Romans chapter 3. The Lord told me that to read Romans chapter 3. I'll see how much of it uh, he's going to want to read. Then I'll read uh, All the World Guilty. All the World Guilty. All the World Guilty. It's called All the World Guilty. <clears throat> <clears throat> Romans chapter 3 of the New Testament then what advantage has the Jew or what is the benefit of circumcision great in every respect first of all that they were entrusted with the oracles of God First of all, that they were entrusted with the oracles of God. And, uh, funny thing is, somebody today reminded me of uh, a technique, a, a divination technique that I had learned from someone who teaches certain kind of divination. Um, and uh, it's funny, I, I never, I didn't expect to be reading about an oracle. First of all, that they were entrusted. Uh, they, meaning the Jews, the Jews were entrusted with the oracles of God. What then, what then, if some did not believe, their unbelief will not nullify the faithfulness of God, will it? Oh, wow. This is a word speaking to me right now. This is a, something about what I was saying to this person this morning that I might be unfaithful in many regards, many ways I may stray away from um, because this fallen nature, this sinful nature uh, contends with the Spirit of God and I may make many many mistakes and I may sin many many times throughout the day but God's faithfulness is never uh, does not is not nullified by uh, by all the times that I don't believe in God. Uh, believing in God is an action, believe it or not. <laughs> believing in God is just not saying uh, uh, I believe in God. No, it's it's believing in God is an action that uh, that actually uh, actually is faithful. Being faithful to God. Being faithful to God. Having faith is being faithful. And believing is uh, uh, devotion to that faithfulness. <clears throat> okay, so anyway. Uh, what then? If some did not believe, their unbelief will not nullify the faithfulness of God, will it? May it never be! May it never be! Rather, let God be found true, though every man be found a liar, as it is written, that thou may be justified in your words, that thou may be justified in your words, and prevail when you are judged, and prevail when you are judged. Uh, so it says, God's punishment of sin exhibits his faithfulness 
to his righteous character. Okay? Okay? But if our unrighteousness demonstrates <clears throat> demonstrates the righteousness of God, what shall we say? The God who inflicts wrath is not unrighteous, is he? I am speaking in human terms. May it never be, for otherwise, how will God judge the world? But if through my lie, the truth of God abounded to his glory, why am I also still being judged as a sinner? And why not say, as we are slanderously reported, and as some claim that we say, let us do evil that good may come. Their condemnation is just. Their condemnation is just. What then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we have already charged that both Jews and Greeks are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongues they keep deceiving. The poison of asps is under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their paths. And the path of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be closed and all the world may become accountable to God. Because by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For through the law comes the knowledge of sin. Justification by faith. But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. 
whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation, as a propitiation in his blood through faith, in his blood through faith. A propitiation. The Greek for this phrase speaks of a sacrifice that satisfies the righteous wrath of God as the one who would turn aside God's wrath, taking away sin. Without this appeasement, all people are justly destined for eternal punishment. His blood through faith, saving faith, looks to Jesus Christ in his sacrificial death for us. Okay. As a propitiation in his blood through faith. This was to demonstrate his righteousness because in the forbearance of God, he passed over the sins previously committed. For the demonstration, I say of his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Where then is boasting? It is excluded. But what kind of law? Of works? By what kind of law of works? No, but by a law of faith. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also, since indeed God, who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith, is one. Do we, do we then nullify the law through faith? May it never be. On the contrary, we establish the law. We establish the law. Paul anticipated being charged with antinomianism against the law. If justification comes by faith alone, then is not the law rejected? He gives a more complete answer in chapters 6 and 7 and reasserts, reasserts the validity, the validity of the law in 13, 8 through 10. So, we establish the law or fulfill the law. Or the law is fulfilled. Uh, by our faith, the law is established and the law is fulfilled. The law of faith. <clears throat> And so we're justified by faith. Okay. So how does this work into the story? I don't know. Let's take a look back at the story. I don't know if this works into the story. Uh, the last episode, I really had to kind of like... I kind of had to like... 
really try. So the story in the Shambhala, he paused a second, let's see. Uh, it's about a lot about the, the, the Dakini. The Dakini is helping. The Dakini is helping. The Dakini is helping. Like, okay, yeah, we can see the main character, the American guy. He doesn't really know what the Dakini is. And he's saying, uh, you know, I don't understand. What are the Dakini? I don't understand. When, you know, Will left Yin a note in which he referred to the Dakini, but I'd never heard of them before that. Um, uh, they, they, and then they say they are from the spiritual world. And so this is a matter of like taking on faith. He has to take on faith because he doesn't know what the Dakini is. You know, so this is like a matter of like, yeah, he has to grow in that faith. He has to start believing in that in that Dakini, in the Dakini. So they usually appear, he says they usually appear as females, but they can take any form they wish. They can take any form. They can take any form. So just like it's, uh, yeah, just like it says in the Romans chapter 3, it says, is not God, is God the only the God of the Jews? Is he not God of the Gentiles, of meaning everyone else? He is God for everyone. He is God for everyone. And in the story, it says, the Lama is saying, uh, he says, we believe that each has its, its truth. He says, our sect and legends we, ha we hold have their roots in Buddhism, but we stand for the synthesis of all religions. So it's saying that, uh, he's saying that basically, um, uh, he's saying it's one reality. Uh, each religion has a different name for them, just as each religion has a different way of describing God and how humans should live. But in every religion, the experience of God, the energy of love, is exactly the same okay so that's just like saying in romans saying is god not the god for everyone god is is god for anyone for everyone god is god over everyone you know god is god and you know god is love it says in the bible and love is the same for everyone okay uh <clears throat> god is the same for everyone although we have many different ways of describing god so <clears throat> This it says in Roman in Romans uh, that it should not be according to the flesh, meaning it should not be according to uh, our descriptions or definitions of God. So it's saying like, uh, okay, are we better than they? Not at all, for we are. We have already charged that both Jews and Greeks are all under sin. You know, we're all equal. We're all equally like that. We're all equally fallen. Uh, we have all in. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. It says, uh, and so we're justified as a gift from God by by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Everybody is for everyone. Okay. So now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law. So that every mouth may be closed and all the world may become accountable to God. Okay. <clears throat> so, um, in the in the story says it uh, takes on many forms, but uh, 
um, it takes on many forms, but it is the same one uh, truth, you know? Um, and so the Dakini has to open the gateway. Has to open the gateway. So he says, okay, let's see if he gets to the, the gate. The soldiers were come. Uh, the soldiers were coming around the corner behind me, and I dashed through the gate and found myself in an icy landscape. Okay, let's see. Uh, but they are even more mysterious than the most things. I'm afraid they are truly no they are truly known only by those in Shambhala. The legends say that they move with the light of Shambhala. So it, it, it yeah in, in Romans Romans 3 <laughs> Romans 3 talks about it's a gift of faith from God and it's through the redemption work that Jesus Christ did on the cross as a propitiation he gave his life as a propitiation for God's wrath so only Jesus Christ knows Jesus Jesus Christ says he is the light in all people so that's like saying in the story it's saying that's the light of Shambhala and so it's saying the Dakinis are the, the mystery. They are only known by those in Shambhala. The work of Jesus Christ uh, for our salvation and to, to uh, as, as a propitiation of the wrath of God, to take away the wrath of God from us and take on all our sins, is only known to him. It's, it's similar like as in... We don't know until we are in Shambhala. Okay, have you had this experience in your waking life as well, he says? Um, what were your dreams? He said, without looking at me, I told him about the chase and seeing the lighted area. He looked at me in amazement. Have you had this experience in your waking life as well? Several times on this trip, I said, Lama, what is going on? He smiled and sat on a bench opposite, opposite from me. You are being helped by the Dakini. So he says, prayer is not a power that is realized only when we sit down and decide to pray in a particular situation. Prayer works at these times, of course, but prayer is also working at other times. That is like having faith. Having faith does not work. It's not something that works sometimes when you decide to have faith. Having faith is working all the time. So he's saying you're talking about a constant prayer field? Yes. That is like having faith. That is what faith, having faith or faithfulness or devotion to faith is having this constant prayer field. Yes, everything we expect, good or bad, conscious or unconscious, we are helping to bring into being. That is faith. Our prayer is an, an, is an energy or power that emanates from us in all directions. And most people who think in ordinary ways this power is very weak and contradictory. But in others who seem to achieve a lot in life and who are very creative and successful, this field of energy is strong, although it is still usually unconscious. Faith is very much unconscious, but it is consciously also. But the unconscious, the unconscious affects 
our consciousness. And so like Bruce Lipton was saying this morning in the video that I heard, only through repetition and through repetition, making prayer, repetition, every day, every day, we have to repetitively affirm, affirm to ourselves the truth that must live in us to make us godly or cleanse us or make us holy or make us godlike or sanctify us. Not be sanctimonious, but sanctif sanctification. But uh, is how, how can we be sanctified if we're not justified? So instead of you looking for excuses to justify ourselves, we, we rely on faith, faith in Jesus Christ, that we are justified before a, a righteous and holy and perfect divinity that... Uh, would otherwise be wrathful to us if uh, we didn't have faith. We, we, we didn't receive the free gift of faith. Okay? Um, most of those in this group have a strong field because they grew up in an environment where they learned to expect success and more or less take it for granted. Okay? I have told you this to explain how to answer the call of Shambhala. How to answer the call of Shambhala. To find this holy place, you must systematically extend your energy until you emanate enough creative strength to go there. So Paul also says, you show me your faith uh, by no works, and I will show you my faith through works. Through works. And so this is this is this systematic extending of your energy until you emanate enough creative strength to go there. You have to uh, consistently every day, day in and day out, um, reaffirm through the prayer that you know what you have faith in. Uh, there is also a fourth step, but it is known in its completeness only to those in Shambhala. That is why finding Shambhala is so difficult. Even if one successfully extends one's energy through the first three steps, one must have help in order to actually find the way to Shambhala. The Dakini must open the gateway. The Dakini must open the gateway. So the Dakini, in this sense, is like Jesus Christ. It's like the Holy Spirit. It's like God. Opening this this gateway what is this gateway you call the dakini spiritual beings do you mean souls that are in the afterlife who are acting as guides for us no the dakini are other beings who act to awaken and guard humans they are not and never were human and so he asked them if they're angels the lama goes on to say in every religion they're called different they're, they're, some, they're, they're called by another name. So he says it's just the one. It's the one truth. That one truth. That is the gift. That gift of faith has us, okay, extending the energy. But it is the open. That, that, that The law of faith is the establishing, the establishing and the fulfillment of the law is the opening is the key to opening the gate to opening the gate that law of faith 
So he says, what makes them act to help us? The Lama took a deep breath, thinking deeply. The question seemed to be a point of frustration for him. I have worked my whole life to, answer, to understand this question, he said finally, but I must admit, I do not know. And so just like in Romans 8, it says, no one understands. This is a mystery. This, this is, faith is a mystery, is a mystery. Uh, but he says in, in Romans 3, not one, no one understands. No one actually understands. This, this, this is the thing. And the Lama, again, is, is reiterating, saying he does not understand. I think, I, he said, I think that it is a great secret of Shambhala and will not be understood until Shambhala is understood. So that is, uh, that is a dilemma because at the end, uh, Paul goes into it in chapter 3 of Romans. Paul goes into the fact that uh, um, he, he kind of foresaw people saying, Oh, if you if you're justified by faith and not by uh, not by the works of the law, but not by the works of the law, then you're saying that you're going against the law. But he said, we're justified by the works of faith, not by the works of the law. By the works of faith in Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ has redeemed us, has justified us, has made us holy, has made us pure, has purified us, has sanctified us, and is still doing a work in us. Okay? Is still doing a work in us. That is like the faith that the Lama is asking the American to have in the Dakini, in the Dakini, that the Dakini will help you. So, it is like that in, in, uh, Romans chapter 3, have faith in Jesus Christ that he will help you. That faith is a mystery, but that faith is a free gift from God. And so it is a mystery why the Lord helps us, why Jesus Christ helps us. Why are we helped by angels or, or spirit beings or dakini or however you want to call them? Why are we... So not we don't understand. So that's why the Bible says, "Lean, lean not on one's own understanding." Like, like um, the Lord gives us a peace. God gives us a peace that transcends all understanding. So it goes beyond understanding. We don't. We really won't. We're not going to understand totally until, like he says, the Lama says until you understand Shambhala until uh, it says in the Bible also we know we know in part but we do not know in full but when we see God face to face we will know in full and we will know even as he knows us as we are known so that is like knowing Shambhala uh, this is the same thing that, that he's talking about in this in this book this is only because he does not want to let anyone down he will be your guide and take you as far as he can go talk about yin he paused again and looked at me expectantly and what about the Chinese government I asked what are they doing why are they so interested in what is happening 
So it's the same kind of question that kind of was in Paul's head in chapter 3 of Romans. The Chinese government. That Chinese government represents the law of the land, the law of the people, the human law, the human traditions, the human interpretations of the law of God, the law of the land, the Chinese government. Likewise, uh, in Romans chapter 3, Paul is talking about not through the works of the law of the land, not through the works of the law of the people, the law of Moses, not through the law of tradition, not through the law of interpretation of God's law, not through the law that the people, the, the way that the people understand it, but through the law of faith, you know? So the same ideas, the same struggle of, uh, of the American saying, well, you know, uh, what about, what, you know, he's worried about the law of the people. And, uh, and uh, in Romans, Paul says, uh, just have faith. You have to have faith that you will be helped. In the same way, uh, the Lama is telling the American, you have to have faith. The Lama lowered his eyes. I do not know. They seem to sense that something is happening with Shambhala. They have always tried to suppress Tibetan spirituality, but now they seem to have discovered our sect you must be very careful. They fear us greatly. That is the same kind of an idea. That's the same thing as like the early Christians. The Romans, the Roman government feared the, the, the government of man. The law of man, man's government was fearful of those who were in the sect of Christians who were called Christians, called little Christs called followers of the way, called followers of Jesus, and confessed Jesus Christ. They were, a, they feared them, and so they were after them, okay? I looked away for a moment, still thinking about the Chinese. Have you decided, he asked? You mean whether to go? He smiled compassionately, yes. I don't know, I'm not sure I have the courage to risk losing everything. So that's the, that's the call. The call of Shambhala, the call of holiness, the call of truth to being set apart for something requires that you, you risk losing everything. And so that is faith. That is faith, taking a risk and losing everything. Thanks be to God. That's, um, that's a lot of similarities, actually. <laughs> uh, so literally I asked God to show me scripture that uh, lines up with the story and he just gives me it every day so anyway thank you for attending and thank you for listening patiently God bless you all and uh, have a good day